Hi, I'm Al, and this is CB Music Club. Welcome to CB Music Club and to CB Singles Club, where I am joined as always by Chris. Hello. And by Will. Hello. And by Nick. Hello. Hello, one and all. How are you all? I'm very well, thanks. The sun's shining. Always good. I am awesome. You look awesome. Thank you. Um, I'm mostly okay. I'm also mostly okay. And it is really good to see some lovely sunshine. Feels like Ooh. summer's coming, which is great. CB Singles Club. What we do in CB Singles Club is we each pick ourselves a recently released single. We give them a listen. We talk about them. And then we pick a favourite. We're going to start tonight with Chris. What you got for us? Random pick as ever. I've gone for Mouse Rat with their tune Two Birds Holding Hands. We can fly over the mountains Or through the sea We can do whatever we want With just you and me Two birds holding hands So much better than one We do Two Birds Holding Hands, Mouse Rat. Chris, what can you tell us about Mouse Rat? Yeah, Mouse Rat. Well, that was taken from their forthcoming long player, The Awesome album. Anyone familiar with the work of Mouse Rat? Not at all, no. No. Not unfamiliar with this band, hence why I chose it. I'll tell you a bit about them in a minute, but on first listens, that was one of the most dreadful things I've ever heard in terms of its heavy-handed country rock thing, isn't it? I would call it country rock, yeah. And obviously the lyrics were laughable, if not downright dreadful. First impressions, anyone? I can't understand why you would go to all the trouble of actually recording a song and not actually try to make it good. It's deliberately bad, isn't it? It's meant to be humorous, isn't it? After I listened to it a few times, I went to see who Mouse Rap were. I'd never seen it, but supposedly extremely funny and successful Parks and Recreation. Oh, really? So it's actually a band that appears throughout that series. Chris Pratt is the actor in front of Chris Pratt from Guardians of the Galaxy and other things. So it's a bit like Flight of the Conkles, I suppose, in that it is a band that features in a TV show and it's, I presume, just a genuinely awful band that pops up through the plot. Best known for the single 5,000 Candles in the Wind, which featured in the series when the local little horse died, little Sebastian. <laughs> so I didn't realise it was a spoof record when I chose it. I listened to it and thought, this is just awful. It's really, really bad. I want to take issue with you about Flight of the Concords because mm. they started as a band, a comedy band nevertheless, but this TV series came later and I think they're good. <laughs> I agree. It was a bad comparison. The Flight of Concords are superb and extremely funny and very talented musicians. So I listened to this and thought exactly the same as you this is awful and why would anybody bother so immediately went to look and see who they were I've not seen a huge amount of Parks and Recreation it's a pretty funny show I don't think I've seen any episodes where I saw the band so didn't know that was a thing and this is awful as Al says why would you want to make it deliberately bad to me a spoof song a spoof act for it to work still has to be good mm. which obviously Flight of the Concords are they're very very good but it's also very very funny yeah. and this was neither good nor funny maybe mm. if we'd have seen where it featured in the TV series in the context of it it may have made a bit more sense but just yeah. as a standalone song obviously it's dreadful as a comedy song 
it's not funny. It seems a kind of pointless exercise. It's so bad, but it's not so bad that it's good. It's just mm. bad. Will, what do you think? That show is one of my favourite shows, and Chris Pratt is brilliant in it. And when he does his being in a band bit, it's funny, but it's a bit awkward because all the other characters know how bad it is. And here we have got this song that it's decontextualized. There are funny songs out there. There are really funny songs out there, but this isn't one of them. Mm. I did smile <laughs> at the beginning, the lyric about the sky, and it was blue and it was awesome. I, I, I kind of smiled at that because I thought that's quite lame, but slightly funny. But then it ran out of juice for me. So, no, didn't like it. I'm not even sure it works as a satire either, does it? In the way that, you know, Flight of the Concords are very good at just nailing a particular genre. Yeah. yeah. They're doing it with affection, but they're doing it in a comically subversive way. Whereas that wasn't particularly trying to nail everything that's bad about country rock. It's a bit like releasing an album with the music of Phoebe out of Friends, isn't it? I don't want to detract from Parts and Recreation because I know you love it, Will. Everyone who's seen it that I know just says it's a fantastic show. So I don't want to take anything away from that. But I think the problem, as you were saying, Will, is this just doesn't work out of that context. This has been enlightening, though, because I don't watch, I've never watched Parks and Recreation, and therefore I had no concept. I didn't go and research who they were. I felt it's that's Chris's job. Yeah, 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 of course. So I didn't understand why you would make something so bad. Mm. It was obviously parody, Okay, but why not at least try and record it well and, mm-hmm. and sing it well? But I understand now that it achieves exactly what it sets out to do, which is to make a bad song by a bad band but exactly what you Chris and you will have just said short of the context of the TV show it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. that eat some bacon line is just excruciating <laughs> yes it's just not funny why does anyone want to listen to it I don't know big thumbs up all round then for Mouse Rat <laughs> the thing that slightly annoys me about this is if this had been recorded as part of the TV show and it was just part of a scene you know what, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But they are releasing this and selling it and tapping into the fans of the show who are going to be buying this. And it's just rubbish. Yeah. That offends me. It's an argument for actually making Spotify streams pay out less than they do at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Right then. Next up, Will. What have you chosen for us? Ah, well, this is a song by a singer-songwriter, Molly Birch, and the song is called Heart of Gold. Birch, Heart of Gold. Will, what can you tell us about Molly Birch? Well, she's from Austin, Texas. Studied jazz musical performance at university. Looking through a back catalogue, her songs are pretty much the same. She doesn't really go away from that formula. She's got a great voice. She knows how to use it. Mm. For me, this song, it's kind of ordinary, ordinary. Yeah, no, that's good. And then ends with this sort of real breathy outro. And I, I kind of really like that, actually. I quite like this one. Thanks for that, Will. Nick, what do you think? The first time I listened to this, 
I think I must have been in such a bad mood because of Mouse Rat. (laughs) 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 I really didn't like this. But by sort of third listen, I'm kind of coming around to it. I don't think it's great, but I do quite like the drums on it. Mm, That's interesting. I don't think it's a terribly exciting record, I have to say. But, you know, it's starting to work on me. Mm. Chris, a winner for you? Not a winner, no. I found it really um, not very exciting as well, as Nick said. But I think she's got quite a distinctive voice and uses it quite well. It's a little bit affected, isn't it? But got a good, strong voice. Again, it's a bit forgettable. There's nothing really, there's no real hook. There's no real catchiness in there. I've listened to it three times, can't really remember it. Video is a bit bonkers. What's with the goats? When you mentioned being unmemorable, I think you're referencing Lucy Dacus there, who we were talking about nah. on the weekend. Nah. And it's funny, I agreed with you about that Lucy Dacus hot and heavy song not being very memorable, and yet I can't get the goddamn thing out of my head now. <laughs> now that I've listened to it a few more times, uh, uh, and I really like it. Yeah, yeah. Nick, what you said about this, maybe it was mousetrap, but I think I must have been in a bad mood when I first listened to this as well, and I was just like, mm, I don't like it. I don't like the drums, actually. I believe they're programmed, they don't yeah. sound played. And the programming is competent, it's good, but I just don't like the sounds that they've chosen to use. I found it a bit jarring. I kind of been paying attention because I thought on the second listen, the chorus to the song is absolutely fabulous. The vocal line is brilliant. The melody is so, so strong. She sings it so well. Mm. I think the song is great. Okay. I love it. Okay. And I think the video, it's a bit bonkers, but I think it is absolutely joyous as well. I think Little Puddin' and Pumpkin, the Little Baby Goats, mm-hmm. are fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's an obvious parody of sexy pop videos. I really like the bit where she's spinning around with the camera and can't keep a straight face while she's delivering her serious lines, holding the lamp out at the end to attract topless guy like a moth. It's all just really quite amusing. Tongue-in-cheek, but in a good way. I think it's great. I thought you'd like this more, Nick. I think I've got a mouse rat hangover. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and give it another listen. Maybe I've leapt too soon on that one. Heart of Gold is a single from Molly Birch's new album, Romantic Images, which is out on the 23rd of July. And I personally think it will be worth checking out. Yeah. Nick, what you got for us? I have chosen a band called The Front Bottoms mm-hmm. and their new single, Voodoo Magic. Possible voodoo magic Someone else controls my pain Possible voodoo magic No one else there is to blame Nick, the front bottoms. Tell us more. Who are the front bottoms? Well, they're an indie pop band from New Jersey. They've been going since 2006. Group of three childhood friends. They've released a couple of albums. I picked them because of the name. I'm going to get an American (laughs) punk band here, was kind of what I was thinking. I wasn't a million miles away, actually. They're a bit more indie, and they really reminded me of, or this really reminded me of, The Fountains of Wayne. I kind of liked it, but it wasn't brilliant. And the thing I really struggled with was I could not understand the narrative and the lyric. I just didn't get what this song was about. I couldn't tell from the video either. It just seemed to be about somebody being unlucky. Chris, what's your view? Beavis and Butthead came to mind for some reason. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Would that be the video? Well, possibly that was what was steering me towards that. But also it was a bit dumb. 
in its delivery and its arrangement and its lyricism. It just felt like something that was about 20 or 30 years ago that wasn't particularly interesting then either, that sort of college band kind of thing, which has been done so much better by others. I like the first sort of 30 seconds of it and then it just gets very repetitive. Will, what do you think? I've got a weakness for these kind of power guitar-based Americana songs. That's not Americana. Is it not? It is American. Mm-hmm. It's American, but it's not Americana. Americana is a very specific sort of alt-country, lo-fi kind of thing. Anyway, these kind of fast... <laughs> can I say guitar? You can say guitar. Fast bass, mm-hmm. guitar, bass, drums and vocals. Those fast-paced songs that could have come from America and from American people. <laughs> I really like these songs and when they pop up in Guitar Hero even better because they're great to play in Guitar Hero. But beyond that, it's almost like they're not real songs. A bit like Mouse Rat. It doesn't feel like it's a real attempt to do a real song that actually touches people. Although I like the song. I don't like it as a song. A dichotomy there for you all. You guys really didn't like Mouse Rat, did you? (laughs) It it has tainted the week. I didn't like anything this week. I quite like this song. It's very 90s, Chris. You're right about that. That's a more succinct way of what I was trying to say. Yeah, There's shades of pavement in there, Nirvana, Weezer. Yeah, we what it not- really reminded me of was sugar. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know sugar. I really like sugar, and so I think that's a good thing. It's nothing special, but uh, it's quite catchy. It's short. It doesn't overstay its welcome. I'm surprised at how much you guys dislike it, apart from Will, who likes it and dislikes it. But the best you can say for it is that it's short. No, I'm not saying it's good and it's short. I'm saying it doesn't overstay its welcome. But I really liked the video. I thought it was quite amusing. I thought the bit where he's going down the escalator was unbearably tense the first time I was watching it, wondering what was going to happen to him next. Has anyone ever got their shoelace caught at the bottom of an escalator? Because that was always that fear that was instilled into us as kids. When you get to the bottom of the escalator, jump, because you might get trapped. But has that ever happened to anyone? Not us, anyone in the world, ever. I know people have died in escalators, but generally because they've fallen into open maintenance hatches and stuff, or just fallen and Then their laces get caught Incidents involving elevators and escalators kill about 30 and seriously injure about 17,000 people each year in the United States. Wow. What about UK, then? Uh, I will check that out. I'll report back. Excellent. <laughs> you can say what you like about COVID, but it's cut escalator deaths by <laughs> a huge... So the front bottom's not a roaring success for us. I liked it, but nobody else did. That seemed fair. Yeah. I kind of liked it. So the Front Bottoms Voodoo Magic is out now. Moving on, my choice is a song called Future Proof by Nothing But Thieves. So nothing but thieves, a bunch of Essex boys from Southend on Sea, Sarfend. Nothing but thieves who formed in 2012 and have been signed to RCA Records since 2014. They've released three albums and several EPs to date of what they describe as passionate guitar-based rock that balances indie artfulness with a pop sensibility. 
they've been very successful. All three of their albums have made the UK top 10 and they've got close to 3 million monthly listeners on Spotify, which probably doesn't compare greatly to the pop giants, but it seems like a lot of people to me. And yep, I never heard of them, which I say this every time, seems a bit embarrassing. I've been very positive about the last couple of songs. I found them very happy, quite joyous. This is very, they say they're indie artfulness, but I find this a bit sort of artless and joyless, very testosterone fueled. I don't know. I didn't hate it. It reminded me of things like, I don't know, Royal Blood or I don't know, Arctic Monkeys to some degree, Kasabian. You know what I mean? It's major label rock. I don't know. It's very slick. It's very expensive sounding. It's very bass heavy. I always complain about that at some point, that it's so overwhelmingly bassy. I don't know what I make of it. I didn't dislike it, but I can't really say that I liked it either. Chris, I know you're not going to like this one. I quite enjoyed it that time, which is the first <laughs> time I have. I think the video, it's the first time I watched the video, it's got a lot of energy to it. I like a band that actually put a bit of oomph into what they're doing. There was certainly no shortage of oomph. It's got a big sound, yeah. Not really my bag, that sort of overloaded guitar. And I was trying, all the way through, I was thinking, this reminds me of something, this reminds me of something. It reminds me of early PJ Harvey in that To Bring You My Love album. The power that comes off of it, not thematically or tone, but there's a bit of raw energy that comes off of it. It's a bit of a blunt object of a song it punches through it does a job it's all right all right well i kind of immediately thought muse muse yeah mm. yeah yeah everything about it is all right i enjoyed the awesome drums really great vocals and backing vocals i even like the whatever they're using to fatten out the bass quite like that but even now what is it a few minutes ago that we listened to it i can't remember anything I can't remember right. what, what he was singing about. Or... So they haven't succeeded in being future-proof as well. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, what do you think of future-proof? This is not really my thing either. No. That was a good shout with Muse, and they don't do anything for me either. It was just overblown guitar stuff, and I didn't like the video either. I don't need to see somebody running in slow motion anxiously. <laughs> like Chris, I was listening to it and going... This really reminds me of something. I've only sort of in that last lesson figured out what it was. It reminds me of a song called Super Cool by Beck from the Lego 2 soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not overblown or anxious or aggressive in any way. It's just quite a nice, super cool song. I like that. I don't like this. Well, as regular listeners will know, while the purpose of Singles Club is very much to find new music, to pick obscure things that we've never heard of, to pontificate about, we also like to finish off with something a bit more mainstream, a bit better known. This time around, we're listening to Dua Lipa and her brand new single, which is called Love Again. You got me in love again. I used to think that I was made out of stone. So this is only the second Dua Lipa song that I've ever knowingly listened to and it's much better than the first one, I will say. This is alright. It is all that's good and all that's bad about expensive, high-production values, modern pop music, really. It's incredibly well made. 
Now, I was saying about Nothing But Thieves and Future Proof and how it's really bass heavy and the bass is all over everything. This is bass heavy, but the bass is not all over everything. It's beautifully mixed and everything's lovely separation. The skill is undeniable in putting it together. And it's quite a catchy song. When the beat gets going, it reminds me of quite a lot of Voulez-vous by ABBA. Mm, it doesn't yeah. sound like it, but it's got a very similar feel, which is no bad thing. It's all right, but it just seems it seems terribly cynical. Seven songwriters, although three of those are for the sample that's used. And that's part of the cynicism, is like using a sample uh-huh. that people will instantly recognise, yeah. people of a certain age anyway. It's well used, but it doesn't really add very much to the song. There's been a real change. I've commented on this before from us listening to these modern pop songs, Billie Eilish and the like. There has been a change in pop music, I think, in the last couple of years where you're hearing real instruments a lot more. You know, those strings are recorded strings. They're not synths. There is an acoustic guitar on it. This idea that rock music is dead and, you know, the guitar is dead, I think is being shown to be false, that we're moving back towards that again. This is all right, right? I don't mind it, but I don't particularly like it. Well... What do you think? The sample that you mentioned has been used by many different artists. It's particularly... White Town, isn't it? Your Women. It tracks back to Bing Crosby, would you believe? Yes. That somebody else's piece of music makes that song. It's an outstanding part of that song that makes people listen. But that's because we all remember White Town. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's not that you remember that. It's because... That is an amazing piece of music. If we'd never heard it before and heard it now, we'd go, yeah, and that would link to that song. And it's too much to just grab a really great riff and just patch it onto what's a very ordinary song. It just feels like it's been elastoplasted on to what's a brilliantly ordinary song. The bass is nice and string arrangements are lovely. But it's ordinary. Mm. Nick, what do you think? I liked it. It's a nice disco track. Recognisable hook. I enjoyed it while I was listening to it. I'm trying to remember anything other than the sample. <laughs> and I can't really, and that's the point, I guess. It's a good tune. I would be tapping my feet to it. The thing that threw me, I think, was listening to it while watching the video. What the hell is the video about? Because there's the country and western theme. There's sexy line dancers and rodeo clowns trying to capture an egg in an empty ballroom. There's no country and western in that tune. I am surprised to learn that they're still making videos like that with the sexy line dancing choreography or whatever. It seems so 90s or 80s even. Madonna it's... did it first, didn't she? Well, Janet Jackson in the 80s, you know. it's Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> They've kind of updated the moves, but they were trying to reference line dancing just uh-huh. so they could have the costumes. I don't know who pitched it, but they got away with it. Yeah, but it's not so much the line dancing I'm talking about. It's just this sort of choreographed yeah, dancers yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. on. It's, it's rubbish. Jill Lipa does that, though. Ariana Grande, I think, is doing that kind of thing as well, isn't she? Is that her shtick? There's usually a dance troupe, is there not? Who knows, who knows? Chris, what do you think of it? First stumbled across Dua Lupa when I was watching highlights of Tia. Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Yeah, I called her Dua Lupa for about four years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still struggle. Just think, there's a woman blocking the way. You can't get by on either side. Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa. right? That's, that's Dua the way Lipa. to remember. She played one of the tents in Tea in the Park. Not one that I was at, but one that I watched the highlights of on the telly it was her and then a couple of guitarists and a drummer very pared down quite raw and obviously she was a big talent but she was on her way up played to a packed tent played a few banging tunes and then 
I think probably 18 months later, she went superstardom. She was the most played artist in the UK in 2020. On Spotify? On uh, TV and radio. On radio? Sorry, okay. on TV and radio, most played artist. Knocking Ed Sheeran off the top spot for the first time in three Ooh. years. So go do a leaper because, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, she's, she's huge. Um, I knew that. But anyway, the point of this was... When I first listened to that track, the standout thing was that sample because it was familiar from White Town. But I'm struggling to understand why they included it. In White Town, that sample was front and centre. Yes, there was a great funky other half of Your Woman, which worked brilliantly well next to that sample. But that sample was a massive part of Your Woman. Whereas this, it's barely noticeable. There's a little bit at the beginning. It pops up a little bit in the chorus. I don't think the song would be any worse without it. But anyway, what I did do is go and seek out that original sample. And Singles Club is all about discoveries, isn't it? And I discovered the head uh-huh. of the previously unknown Al Bowley. Al Bowley. I knew it was Al Bowley. Who was the trumpeter <laughs> and band leader who first played that line, which the sample was taken from, in a song called My Woman. Yeah. But I knew nothing about Al Bowley. Amazing. He died in his mid-40s, but by then he'd recorded about a 1,000 tunes. Born in South Africa, joined a band and travelled the world and ended up in London recording at one point was absolutely broke even though he'd played big bands around the world and was reduced to busking and then kind of had a bit of a resurgence recorded 500 singles in the space of singles 500 tunes in the space of five years married divorce blah 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 blah. and then was eventually killed during the second world war when a german parachute bomb blew up outside his flat if nothing else she's she's taught me all about our Bowley's life story which was a nice little a nice little detail in terms of the song, it was all right. It was perfectly produced high-grade pop, wasn't it? It's very, very high-grade pop. Like any number of other perfectly produced samples of high-grade pop, it was brilliantly done, very catchy. I think of the, all the high-grade pop that we've done so far in Singles Club, this is the highest grade. I think this is the most skillfully produced and mixed and all. She is the crack cocaine of high-grade pop. If you listen on headphones, when there's that string swell at the very end and it drops out and the reverb tail collapses into mono as it fades mm. out, wow. you know, that it's a little thing. Mm. You might not even notice it, but it's actually very effective. It's very clever. Precision bombing, isn't it? Little things like that. that as I say, the, the listener might not consciously notice. But that's what gets you hooked, isn't it? That's what keeps you listening. Yeah. That's what makes you come back for more. And more and more. Yeah. You've rightly said in the past, Chris, that a great song should be something that just grabs you and this sort of studio work can't make a, a bad song a good song, but as a science to it, they know what they're doing. Mm. It doesn't make it right or good though, does it? It just makes it formulaic. Yes, and I think that is the problem that it can be very formulaic. You make everything sound the same. This sounds like a sort of new breed of mainstream pop that's a bit more organic, a bit more based on people playing real instruments. They're still quantized to within an inch of their mm-hmm. life, so it's not completely natural, but I think the pop music is better than it was maybe five years ago. It's much more listenable to my ears. It's not the worst song of the week by any means. No, it certainly is not. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> All we got to do then is choose our pick of the week, and I think we should start with Chris. What is your favourite? Can I say nothing this week? Is that allowed? Because I thought it was all no. awful. It's not all awful. You're mad. Process of a limit. Right. Mouse Rat obviously was awful because it was supposed to be awful and they succeeded. So that's fine. The Front Bottoms was just pure art. <laughs> Didn't dig that. Nothing But Thieves, just too angry and unsubtle. Dua Looper, Leaper, Looper, <laughs> Leaper, Dua Leaper. Whatevs. Uh, whatever, possibly. <laughs> Molly Birch. Yeah, I'm kind of sort of swayed by your argument a little bit, but still, I didn't really like it. (laughs) Do a leaper or Molly Birch? Oh, God, I don't know. Do a leaper because 
I then discovered Alf Bowley. All right. Will, what's your favourite? Molly Birch for me. Molly Birch. Nick? Mm, I'm going for Dua Lipa. Ooh. So once again, we got a tie, because for me, it's uh, Molly wow. Birch all the way. I think it's by far the best. Really fantastic. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'll give it another listen. Anyway, another great week for the ladies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good that we're champions of female music. You know, we have a lot of it on and then tell everyone how bad it is. <laughs> <laughs> but we do that with the music that the men make as well. The men were making far worse music than the women this week. It was, uh, it was uh, certainly a victory for the women. Oh, I think so, Indeed. yes. Well, thanks for listening to the ninth edition of the CB Singles Club. I hope you've heard something you like. If you do... Get yourself over to Bandcamp or any other retailer. Buy yourself a copy of a single. Or if you find that you cannot buy it, which is often the case, give it a billion listens on Spotify. Get some money to those artists. If you want to hear the full versions of all the songs that we've had, and who wouldn't on this edition, <laughs> there will be a playlist on Spotify and on YouTube, which will also feature various other songs that they remind us of that we've talked about. Just make a search for CB Music Club. Thank you very much, Nick. My pleasure. And Chris. You're welcome. And of course, Will. You're also welcome. And thanks for listening. See you soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.